welcome to Make Change Fun and Easy with your happiness expert, Samia Bano. This is the podcast to help change makers, coaches, trainers, and healers break your chains of fear so you can create the impact and income you desire with fun and ease. Please make sure you subscribe to enjoy every episode. This podcast is sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Hello, salam, shalom, namaste, satrikal, aloha, hola, ciao, bonjour, buna, and privyat. It's really, really good to be with you again. And we have a very special guest with us. So I know you will be very happy you have joined us today. And our special guest for today is Josephine de Young. She is an author uh, personal of personal life stories, a physician, an international intuitive speaker, and an intuitive drawing coach. So I think that's that's the part we're going to focus on today but before we get into any of that welcome Josephine thank you so much Samia that's a great introduction yes and um, I'm happy to be with you yes I'm really happy to be with us and Josephine please tell us more about who you are and what you do Yes, so, um, well, I'm a mother of uh, four children and um, I studied uh, medical studies. I became a physician. I worked in cardiology department, internal medicine, and then in youth healthcare for 13 years. And then there was a career shift towards um, uh, stories, writing personal life stories together with someone, yeah, whose story wanted to be told. And then um, my teacher um, uh, suggested to start with intuitive drawing. And uh, so I did. And yeah, and then I started after one, I think after half a year, I started coaching others as well because we thought this might be interesting for other people too and nice to do and uh, so we did we started a group and um at at home first in a shop then at home and then at several places i gave workshops and nowadays i do online so um yeah and uh, then i again i made a career shift towards um, being a doctor again in um, psychiatry yes but not the most severe cases but I work in a multidisciplinary team together with psychologists and psychiatrists and um, a creative therapist sometimes we do that yeah trauma therapy and uh, that is also a very um, good and but it's quite intense So I like to do things like uh, intuitive drawing and painting, aside from that, and also singing in a choir nowadays. That is also gives so good energy. Yes, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually, the 
and and I really appreciate how you um I mean you just mentioned being part of a multidisciplinary team but you're not just part of a multidisciplinary team just in all the work that you're doing and the things that you do for fun for yourself I can see how multidisciplinary you are yourself that's amazing yeah that is true and I definitely like cultures um and the diversity of of people of, of plants or animals or anything that's there's so much around us it's so interesting yeah yes yes you know uh, uh you definitely are my kind of people in that context because i have a similar nature where i just love to learn about all kinds of things and um you know i know like random facts about all kinds of things <laughs> yeah. um and um you know i i just i just find it fun and i find it enriching life and uh it's just it's just cool yeah and it's so nice to meet people and and share some um, yeah. insights and understandings and interests so we can learn from each other yeah indeed indeed so uh josephine tell me more about the intuitive drawing part of uh, what you do what is intuitive drawing for those people who are not familiar with the idea yes um well it is um Actually, there are very few rules or no rules at all, you might even say. And the idea is that uh, you let it happen in the moment. So you do not make a plan in front. Uh, you do not have to have inspiration. Can be, but most of the time I don't, to be honest. And then and, um, drawing, you just maybe you even don't know which color. Uh, you want to start with then you can close your eyes and randomly pick um, a color pencil and then it doesn't have to be a color pencil but I like colors so I usually use colors and then you I start to, um, to make it easy in the beginning you can draw randomly a line crisscross uh, over the paper so you make little parts and then you can start to fill in the little parts because as you have no idea, it can be challenging. Um, but when you just start, you will see that things start to evolve. And so my teacher, he told me, um, start just with, with, in that way. And I did. And the first parts, I still had a kind of team. And then I had no team at all. And I said, yeah, what to draw now? I don't know. I really don't know. But I continued anyway. And then things started to pop up by itself. And um, I was so surprised. I said, hmm, where does this come from? I, I didn't even know. I, I had no idea um, that that was somewhere in my subconscious mind or or maybe in the universe who will tell and uh, but things started to appear and it was so interesting and then i continued of course i was curious um if this comes up to the paper what will come more mm. and um so there were many evenings that i uh, was drawing for for hours 
and um, creating things. And sometimes I had an idea what team it could be related to. Very often, not really. And um, when I take a look at what what people in my group made, um, yeah, it's it's more or less the same. And um, we all have a different style. So I cannot make what you make. You cannot make what I make. It is like an autograph. Um, and but that's also so interesting. And what is important is um, not to judge. Just accept whatever comes up that it is something of you and it, it is allowed to be there. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode. Hope you're getting value out of it. For your information, this episode has been sponsored by the Happiness 101 program. Are you a change maker, coach, trainer, or healer? Are chains of fear holding you back from making the impact and income you desire? Using a unique combination of positive psychology and the spiritual wisdom of our most effective change makers, the Happiness 101 program helps you break through your limiting beliefs and manifest the abundance and success you desire with fun and ease. Interested? Book a free Happiness 101 exploration call with me, your happiness expert, Samia Vano. Just use my online calendar link in the show notes. Now back to the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is really, really interesting. So what's somebody, I can just hear some of our audience members thinking, what's the point of, <laughs> yeah. try? of doing this? Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the benefits you might say is, um, that you step out of the rat race, mm-hmm. that you actually take some me time and take time for yourself and um, time to let everything that's going on there settle down. Um, and that's why we recommend to start with drawing instead of painting, because drawing really goes slow. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a way that to get to to know yourself better. Um, it's just relaxing, yeah. calming down, and um, also connects with your subconscious mind. Mm. And it's interesting. People really say, um, "I get to know myself better," and also. Um, yeah, let's go the, the the opinions and the judgmental mindset, which, yeah, that we we all have, <laughs> yeah, and we can, and it's not gone like that, but at least when you um, see it happen in yourself or in somebody else, you can say, oh, okay, there it is again. Uh, let go, just let it be. Yes, you know, when you had mentioned the judgmental mindset, even the first time, immediately 
that idea got my attention because, you know, as a happiness expert, I have uh, come to realize that a judgmental mindset is probably one of those uh, root causes of unhappiness um, in pretty much every situation that you're experiencing unhappiness. If you begin to dig deeper into what's the root cause or what's the solution, how can I begin to address this issue? There will be an element of judgmental thinking that's going on that needs to be addressed. And uh, judgmental thinking is just so normalized for us in our culture, even like in the way that we teach our children. And I don't think a lot of people even realize um, that we are necessarily learning or teaching or practicing judgmental thinking at all the times that we are actually yeah no that's engaging in judgmental thinking and whoa and then when you do become aware and you're like okay i want to change this thinking pattern and not think judgmentally at least um in the context of the issue that you have become aware of um it's it's challenging it can be really hard mm-hmm. yes yeah so when i start this with people and actually the biggest challenge is to overcome that mm-hmm. and some people do not dare to start they just look at what's what others have made but mm-hmm. yeah then it's so strong this i this belief that um i cannot draw and yes. I, yeah no everybody can sing everybody can dance everybody can draw yes Yes, immediately think about my little niece and nephew. Uh, They're about eight years old now. But, um, you know, it's like one of the the really cool things you see with kids is that um, they love to draw. And, um, you know, they draw all kinds of things. And a lot of it doesn't look great. I mean, if you were to judge it with a critical eye um but we don't like when when the kids are kids at least uh in most cases we give them that grace and that understanding of hey there is a way of expressing them uh, for the kids to express themselves and they're going to go through this process of learning and so yeah everything's not going to look great but that's not the point (laughs) and so we give them that time and space and that allowance and we know it helps the kids so but what changes is great Yeah. yeah and I remember now that you say um there one day I was at um art market and the art fair you can say it and there were parents and kids around and i i had this idea of making um painting of the day mm-hmm. so i had a canvas and everybody who came along and who, who would like to do could add a little bit a part of it and so there was a, 
a an, an little girl. I think she was four or five years of age. And she painted a red slice of watermelon. Mm. And <clears throat> I think, okay, that's nice. That's uh, juicy. Uh, I, I like that in the red color. And then she was looking at it and she added blue dots. Mm. And she was so delighted and all adult grown-ups around her with her the joy that she had the freedom to make not brown seeds like they usually are in reality but that she could make them blue and <laughs> so that was so so such a moment of joy and fun and freedom you can do anything um, just yeah. what you like yeah yes yes and i think um uh, oh my gosh now you just reminded me of something um most of the time uh, i mean i brought this up myself and i was like oh we allow kids so much freedom and it's so good etc etc and you just reminded me of a time uh, of an incident where a child wasn't allowed the freedom and actually i'm getting confused in my memories if this was something that really happened or if someone was telling a story about something that happened but in a story but um uh in the story a child made um was making um like a, a drawing and they colored the sky pink and a teacher or somebody um, who saw the child's drawing, uh, who saw they had made it pink, failed the child. So I think it was a teacher. And they, they said, oh, you fail in this. A, a sky, the sky is not pink. Uh, it has to be blue. Um, yeah. And it's like, but why? And and there are times when the sky can be pink. What's wrong with Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when you look at the great artists, they they often go a bit off track and, yes. and or simplify um or make it a little bit over the top or, or rude or yeah. It's like part of being creative. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, you know, I mean, clearly there is a value to, um, you know, creating art that is as exact a reproduction of real life as possible. I remember going to one of the museums over here where they were like, there was a certain period in history where in the context of sculpting, um, because for a long time, people didn't even have the technology, they didn't have the skill, the knowledge for how to create sculptures of human beings that looked really realistic. And so for a, uh, there was a whole period where people were trying to get to that place where they could make really realistic looking human sculptures. But that, uh, and then 
we got to that point and we were able to make very realistic looking human sculptures but that part of the human uh, sculpting experience didn't last very long because once people could start creating hyper realistic sculptures it's like people are like what's the point of that <laughs> this is boring <laughs> and so actually the culture shifted back to creating uh, sculptures that were exaggerated in various ways that's yes. true 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 yeah <laughs> and it's so playful so um yeah i would play for playfulness and that's also what my teacher says like um you know we all have to, we got so serious um we all have to go back to kindergarten playground and uh, just play around a bit and feel free yeah yes and so for you what becomes what becomes possible when we just play we just play free <laughs> Yeah, well, um, it's always very different. And um, as it comes from the subconscious mind, sometimes I can relate, I can see, oh, but this is something I have seen this day. And uh, but I did not draw it intentionally, but it's there. <laughs> I cannot deny. <laughs> yeah. So when I am in a field of flowers, I will make something different than when I am in, in an event or in a city or in a more um, hostile environment. There I do not go normally. I don't like to. Yeah. yeah. Do you, I'm curious, do you ever use intuitive drawing and painting as a part of the therapeutic work that you do? Yes. Yes, sure. Yeah. And um, I must say that with the creative therapist I have worked together with, yeah, it's it's a whole education they have for four years here in the Netherlands. And um, so it is more guided. Um, but I do not have that education. And there's still one client I have, and this lady, she does not speak, but she um, expresses herself very clearly in, in drawing or painting. Yes. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's a very good way to let the emotions out. Yeah. That's interesting. That's interesting. So when, when used in a ther therapeutic context, it's a little bit more guided, but uh, so so it's a different. So it's a different um, in that in that sense. It's like uh, it, it would be a little bit of a different experience than if someone just came to an intuitive drawing um, uh, course. Yeah, I think so. But when I when I see my online group now. Um, people like it to have a team or some some guidelines um so i for them <laughs> but i always uh, leave the option open to just make whatever comes up to you and what you like to do yes that makes sense that makes sense i remember um i don't think i've ever taken an intuitive drawing class before i took one time uh, an intuitive movement class 
And uh, I remember like the very first time I went to class, uh, it was a little bit challenging for me because I used to be very inhibited in um, how I allowed myself to move my body. I didn't always feel very safe in, in my body. And so I remember when I first went to the intuitive movement class, um, I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> and I felt strange and weird and awkward about doing it. And so it was in that context helpful for the teacher who was there. She was like, I'm going to be moving just as my body desires. And if you want, you can try try to follow my movements uh, and see how it makes you feel. But she was always very clear that the goal of our being there wasn't to follow what she was doing. Yeah. Um, she was like, just use this as a, as a point of inspiration if you're feeling a little short on ideas. Yes. Yeah, no, that's correct. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, I can relate to that. Yes. And then once you just sort of like accept um, the idea of, okay, you, know, like you you let go of those judgments and fears, etc. And just like you were saying, Josephine, in the context of the intuitive drawing, uh, things just start to come out of you. It's like, and, and I was like, oh, oh, I do know what I want to do. It's like, Inter and it wasn't like I knew like five minutes ahead of time what I wanted to do, but it was like once I made one movement and I just allowed myself to make a movement, then it was like, oh, then I had the idea for the next movement that I wanted to make. And that's yeah. part, kind of like what you were describing with what happens when you're doing the intuitive drawing. Yes. Yeah, you can you can compare it a bit towards to the um, coloring for adults. You have those beautiful patterns, and um, then you do, cannot see when you start how you will do all the colors. It's, it's way too much. But you start somewhere, and then somehow it evolves. You you do one color after another. And so you start in one corner, whatever, but uh, somehow it evolves. It, it shows by itself um, how you will continue. And um, so then I would consider the intuitive drawing um, compared to that. It's also calming down. Um, but then next level, because um, coloring, then you're still working in the pattern of somebody else. Mm. While in uh, intuitive drawing or painting, it, it comes, you create your own pattern. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so you just made me think about another really important lesson that I've learned about working with our intuition in general, because in the recent years, you know, I have uh, learned to appreciate my intuition a lot more as a source of knowing, as a way of knowing. And now, actually, you know, for example, anytime I'm in any kind of a um, 
situation. I mean, I try to use my intuition all the time now as much as possible, but especially when I find myself um, having any kind of a dilemma or a problem uh, or have any question that I'm looking for an answer. My favorite way now of figuring out what the answer is for me is to check in with my intuition. And one of the things that I have learned about how our intuition works is, is exactly what we were just talking about, this, that you don't always, um, I mean, in fact, I've never had this experience where you're like, okay, I'm gonna seek intuitive guidance on this question and the answer just comes to you as a whole. Uh, my experience has always been that you like first open yourself up to the awareness of what your intuition is guiding you towards and you have to take that first step and, and do what it's guiding you to do and then it guides you to the next step and the next step and the next step and the next step and this is and this is just part of how intuition seems to work. And, um, and I think there was like something so profound about realizing this um, for me, like that this is a feature, like this is a feature of how intuition works. Because, like, especially when seeking guidance on, like, really difficult uh, things, oftentimes, you know, like, I know I had this need to have immediate clarity <laughs> because that helps me feel more in control. I was like, if I know exactly where I'm going and how I'm going to get there and that gave me a sense of control but but intuition doesn't work that way and if you're going to utilize intuition as a source of guidance as a source of knowing then you have to accept that it's not going to work that way mm -hmm. yeah 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 it comes one step after another that's true yes yes but then there's also something so beautiful about that and and really actually even wise about that because I realized also that if in uh, like so many occasions, on so many occasions, I can guarantee this uh, in the context of my experience that if my intuition had showing me the big final picture of where it was leading me to, I wouldn't have believed it. Mm -hmm. That I could actually get there. I'd be like, this is impossible. I cannot do this. And so the fact that it led me to that place, just one little step at a time, and I could take each of those little steps. Wow, I mean, it was actually, there was like a great blessing in that. Yes, yes, true. Yeah, I, I can relate to that. I, that resonates. Yes, yes, for sure. Yeah. And um, 
so it's also about trusting um mm. hearing it in first place mm. trust it because we tend to think that others you know are more educated or more experienced mm. or are more convincing but they cannot know it what is best for us mm. or what is our path that is yeah yeah your heart knows best <laughs> yeah yes yes you know this issue of trust is also such a deep issue uh in terms of uh you know like when you start to think about what do we actually trust um and how do we deepen our trust in someone or something even ourselves in a situation mm -hmm. where we want to deepen our trust because we see that if we could deepen our trust like for example if we're talking about deepening our trust in ourselves like you know there's so many benefits to deepening our trust in ourselves you know you then have more self-confidence you have better self-esteem you know you there is um you know you, you you can live at the level of contentment and confidence and just happiness when you trust yourself more um that is not possible without that self-trust and mm -hmm. so uh, but so many people you know struggle with their self-trust or um they don't know how to deepen that self-trust and so uh you know this question of how do you do that uh is a really really important question and i'm mm -hmm. seeing that you know a practice like intuitive drawing is actually a practice in learning yes trust yes. also yeah yes. mm. people do get more confidence because yeah. uh, you can see um hey not only Picasso can make uh, beautiful art, so can I. How great is that? <laughs> yes. So, I, I mean, the question that has popped in my mind right now, Josephine, is I can totally see how people, when they're practicing intuitive drawing, get more confident in their ability to engage in intuitive drawing. Um, do you have any insight in how they can take the lessons that they're learning in the context of how to become better, more confident, less judgmental, etc., in the context of intuitive drawing? How do you take those lessons and apply them to the rest of your life? Mm, yeah. Well, that, that goes by itself. It's just um, practicing regularly. If you do it only once, that will not have so much effect. But when you do it regularly, then um, it becomes natural. It becomes a habit and um, it works in all fields of your life. Yeah. Yes, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Oh, that is such a... That is such a great, great and wise, wise point, because I know, um, you know, earlier we were talking about judgmental thinking and I know one of the, the missions 
that I have in working with my clients is to help them develop non-judgmental thinking. And when I talk about developing non-judgmental thinking, I want my clients and myself to think non-judgmentally in as many aspects of our lives as possible. Ideally, eventually, all of our thinking would be non-judgmental. But, you know, oftentimes we have certain issues where you can really see that it's creating a problem. And so, you know, you can address those first. But really, um, like my goal as a happiness expert is that eventually, you know, we would have just non-judgmental thinking across the board. Um, and, And if I think about, well, how do we develop that? For sure, it's about practice, 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 practice. Yes. Practice in some contexts. And then, you know, um, you know, having this awareness and having these conversations like you and I are doing right now, where we are becoming more aware of the benefits of practices like, you know, following your intuition in a certain context or uh, having non-judgmental thinking in a certain context and then realizing, oh, this can also benefit me in this other part of my life and that other part of my life. And so then you can begin to uh, realize for yourself how you can apply the lessons you've learned in this one context to the other context. Yes, yes, true. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, and the nice thing about it is that it's not hard it is it's playful mm. and it is um, relaxing yes so i also like uh, mindfulness i do that also with clients and um, that also it's more about a state of being than yes. yeah mm-hmm. and you you just mentioned about how it's relaxing and it's playful and it made me think not only is it relaxing and playful, but there's also this element of you have to allow yourself to be relaxed and playful in order to engage in the process. So it sort of actually like goes hand in hand. You allow yourself and then you're able to do it. And then when you do it, it actually helps you become more relaxed and more playful. So it's like a positive feedback loop in that sense. Yes, and it, it's respectful for yourself. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Time for yourself, and um, you just accept what is what is what is there, what comes up. Mm. Oh. These are such beautiful and amazing lessons for us to learn about how to live life in general. Uh, basically. And, and and the more widely we apply these lessons in our life, the happier we will be, the more fun and easy we will find it to make any change in our life. Yeah.
yeah and and you know it also helps you to to un, to get to know yourself better but also the, the other people who are with you it's very nice to do in a group actually yes. and, and most of the time at first the conversations are somewhat more superficial mm. and somewhere it happens and it goes more in depth and it's more one one to one conversations yes oh that, no, no, it that's... just happens by itself, by the process. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Josephine, you just made me think of my sister and the brilliant work that she does. So um her zone of genius is relationships. Um in the context of like she's a people's person and she has this amazing amazing like um ability to not only create um really amazing relationships for herself but she's also able to help um other people create amazing relationships with each other uh she does a lot of community building work uh using those skills uh, particularly in the context of interfaith community building but you know like her skills uh, I mean, the professional part of her work is in the context of interfaith community building, but really, um, you know, the, the what she teaches and practices, you can use that in the context of, um, you know, any kind of relationships in your life. And I know I have certainly benefited from that uh, in so many uh, got, uh, like areas, uh, in so many relationships in my life and using her guidance to improve my various relationships and one of the and you know what you were just sharing about when you do intuitive drawing in a group and you get to know other people and there's this its own joy in that you just made me think about about how actually practicing like one of the the biggest lessons my sister teaches about how you develop better relationships with other people is actually that you have to practice these lessons of not thinking judgmentally and like when you're looking at someone else and you're trying to understand them and get to know them it's so important that you um practice these skills uh that you know we've ta been talking about that you cultivate as an intuitive drawing um person or practice that you think non-judgmentally, not just about your own drawing, but the other person's drawing, and you you trust the process not only for yourself that what you are producing is me is is good and valuable, but you trust that for the other person as well, and you know so then when you begin to relate to that other person also from this place of greater trust in the process and thinking non-judgmentally and taking on this relaxed and playful attitude rather than being too serious yes <laughs> then oh my gosh can you just imagine like ah oh, what amazing beautiful relationships yes oh. and that is uh, so valuable, the quality of our life, but even uh, our lifespan, 
depends very much on the quality of our relationships. Yes. Oh. There's been a long-term research done about that. Mm. Uh, what defines your long-term health and uh, lifespan and uh, relationships is top one is number one uh, even not um, with the people most close to you but with um, just everyone that you meet during the day mm. the second place is um, with your with your closest relatives of friends and then come things like uh, non-smoking and, and exercising and good food and things but most important are the relationships the sense of being part of a community yes yes absolutely oh now you just made me think about uh, another story <laughs> uh, i'll just quickly share this one because this i this is one of my favorite stories about happy people uh, there has been you know like so much research that's been ongoing about happiness um, in the last I would say like three decades especially with the whole field of positive psychology which is literally the the um, the, the subfield within psychology that's focused on studying happiness um, you know so it's actually sometimes um, even called the science of happiness um, it's really taken off and in, uh, in the last three decades or so and in this time um, you know so much research has been done on what really allows people to be happy and there was like this uh, one particular study where they took a more um, anthropological approach to the question of what allows people to be happy and what i mean by anthropological approach for those of you who may not be familiar with this idea is um, you know, the researchers actually went out in the world and they started to observe people and they actually, um, one of their core strategies was they were like, well, first of all, we have to find the happiest people that we can find. So how do we find the happiest people in the world? And so they actually started asking people, who is the happiest person that you know? And whoever you know, was um, flagged by many people in the community as this person is the happiest person we know, then they would go to that person and they would interview them to learn more about them, their life, their beliefs, etc. So this, uh, going through this process, they actually ended up traveling all over the world and at some point they ended up in this like little village in Vietnam and um, by unanimous um, consent they were directed to go meet this little old lady who lived in this like little hut um, um, in, in, in a rural village in Vietnam everybody was like she's the happiest person that we know and so they go to see this uh, little lady and she's like in this like little it was 
um, it was not even like a solid permanent structure. It was like made of, you know, um, different um, grasses and leaves and, you know, like those kinds of relatively impermanent materials. So it was like a very simple structure. They, when they went inside, they saw that she didn't have very many belongings. Like she was set up on a little um, like bed and she had like a chest with a few things. Um, and there was like one window and one door that had been created in this like hut structure where she lived. Um, so, you know, you could like tell like she wasn't rich by any means, in fact, um, by material standards, she was very poor. Um, she was also disabled, like she couldn't actually walk anymore because of her disability. So she pretty much spent most of her day just sitting on her little cot next to, which was placed next to the window. And um, it was like, oh, and she's one of the happiest people in the world, uh, or at least in the in that part okay. of, yeah. of the yeah. world. And they were like, so what do you do? Tell us more about, you know, you and this and that. And basically, you know, it, it was like, she was like, oh, when they asked her, like, what makes you so happy? What allows you to be so happy? Her response was like, so like, she was like, but why shouldn't, wouldn't I be happy? Oh, I don't have a, you know, I I have every um, reason to be happy. I, I have such an amazing life, you know, like here I am and every need that I have is met. You know, I have so many people who love me, uh, you know, I, I get, you know, they come and, they eat with me, they bring me food um, and, and water and, uh, you know, they eat with me and they help me take care of myself in all the different ways that I need taking care of. And look, I have this wonderful window and I can see beautiful trees out of it and hear, you know, birds chirping and you know see the beautiful sky and you know feel the beautiful breeze and you know she just started it's like so many things to be grateful for yeah gratitude yeah oh and you know uh and she was like why would i be unhappy and you know whereas you know when you looked at if you looked at her life from another perspective like when they talked to the villagers they're like, oh, you know, she's disabled because of old age. And, you know, in her younger days, she went, she lived through the war in, that happened in Vietnam. It destroyed her family. Her family got killed. Um, you know, so, I mean, she experienced real trauma and, and loss in her life, you know? So it wasn't like she didn't have any reason to be unhappy if, if she chose to be unhappy. But the, the thing was that, you know, she chose to, 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 to be happy and, uh, you know, and focus on all the things that she had to be grateful for. And, and through looking at life, through that perspective of gratitude, she found so much to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. She was like, oh my gosh. And, 
you know, the thing that really, like one of the biggest lessons that I learned from this story was also that, you know, it, it it's like she, she was experiencing so much abundance um, in her life particularly like the, the the relationships like so many like people in the village like everybody in the village loved her and they did what they could to help her they came to visit her this and that and that created all kinds of ease and joy and happiness in her life yes and I'm like you know what what if she was like a crabby old lady how many of the same people would come to help her and serve her as they did or even if they did come to help her and serve her um but she was crabby and angry and things like that how many of them would come and do it with joy and happiness and and if they didn't come with joy and happiness how would that impact her happiness you know um even more because it's like our our emotions are also infectious you know <laughs> yeah yes yes yeah so it's either uh you could say it's either a positive spiral or a negative spiral yes choice if you are aware of it <laughs> yeah yes and so it's like by by practicing these skills that we are learning through intuitive rowing you know, you can actually, and then applying those lessons more broadly into your life, you actually get to create the, the all the happiness and the joy and the abundance that you want to see in your life. You don't just have to wish or hope you're you're actually doing something very real to actively create it for yourself and and draw it and attract it and attract more of it into your life yes and you know it's it's always good i would say like sometimes um dark things come out Mm. i remember one lady who joined for the first time she was holding a pencil like this and then it was black (laughs) we the other group members are okay but my teacher said well very good the trash has to come out yeah and when that happens it's fine you you don't be shocked by that it's it's perfectly okay then that's out but what is also nice what sometimes can happen is that a person who thinks he's quite depressed um starts drawing all kinds of flowers or butterflies or, or just lovely things yeah. and that you see hey there you've been focusing all the time on that one black dot but there is so much more yeah inside of you mm. so that can also be an eye opener in that way yes oh this idea of let the trash come out so beautiful also and so profound and so deep uh makes me think about another one of my teachers and uh, man i mean you know like it's like if you don't let the trash out where is the space for all the beautiful things to stay 
you know so it's like in some ways you have to let the trash out and you have to keep anytime the trash comes a little bit of trash gets created it's like all right let's take it out let's take it out so that we can leave the space free and clear for something amazing and beautiful that we do want uh, to to be there yeah actually my EMDR trauma therapy is it look like that so yeah just cleaning up and um yeah yeah <laughs> wash out a bit and then people experience more space for for the actual things in life yeah in the here and now mm. oh my gosh um Josephine you keep making me think of <laughs> things that I wanted to talk to you about and oh my gosh we are pretty much out of time for today yes do you have any last thoughts that you would love to share um yeah i would say just do it um try it out and um try to overcome a thought then like that you are not able to do it or that you have no inspiration or that you didn't draw for a very long time it's, it's not about the results it is about the process mm. and, um, just give it a try and what's also very nice about it is that it is an activity you can do with people of all cultures all religions all ages there is um it, and, and it unites so um, it's about connecting connecting with your deeper inner self mm. and connecting with the people around you yeah uh. so um yes <laughs> i'm very enthusiastic about it and i do it now for eight years and uh, i will keep uh, promoting i'm very sure pretty much sure about that that's amazing Josephine and just again in those last few words that you shared you brought up more things that I would love to talk to you about and I will encourage our listeners to please connect with Josephine please connect with Josephine so you can continue to learn more from her and with her you know I'm sure just as I have so many amazing um, insights that have been getting in our conversation and keep wanting to talk to you more and more as we many of our listeners i'm sure you're having this experience as well and so you know what it doesn't have to stop we will be dropping josephine's links in the show notes so make sure you check the show notes and connect with josephine and until we connect next time i just wish you lots and lots and lots of peace and joy Thank you so much, Samia. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this and it was felt so valuable for me. Yes. Mm-hmm.